It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. Once again, this is Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the general manager and grateful owner of 770 KAAM God Country, Texas. And I'm sitting with a superb Texas attorney. My attorney should be your attorney, estate planning, elder law attorney, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hi, Don. How you doing? I'm fine. Thank you. Um, I'm thrilled more than ever. In light of, uh, even though we are still sitting at home, you are, I am, uh, the dog's laying by my side, uh, the cat is barking, the, the dog is meowing, there's all kinds of things going on in the house <laughs> which, that... Uh, which things are going all, all it, the world's turned hot. It really, boy, it really is. Um, but you have to have a little bit of sense of humor, even though the number of uh, COVID-19 cases and deaths have just been horrifying all over the country and world. Um, but... We do need a little bit of humor these days under those circumstances, and hopefully there's a light in the tunnel soon. But in the meantime, we are experiencing some, some many lights during the process, and uh, the governor of Texas uh, last week um, submitted an executive order that you wanted to tell the audience about. Why don't you yeah. elaborate on that for us? Well, I don't, you know, a couple weeks ago we had talked about on our show how about there was a problem with how to sign like a will during the pandemic. Right. Because how do you get, first of all, how do you get uh, not only a couple of witnesses, but a notary? Because if you have a shelter-in-place situation that we are you know, all presently in, then how do you go to the client, or how does the client go to you? You're not, We. I think we had, Said, what are you going to do? Go to meet somebody on a bike trail and and uh, stand six feet away from them? That's right. really violating the intent of the shelter in place. Mm. You're discouraging people by not having uh, video uh, remote. Uh, in other words, where you can have remote technology or virtual technology to be able to sign different types of documents. Uh, and so we want to keep people to flatten the curve, as they say, to keep people socially distanced and. Without video technology, you are actually encouraging people to not be socially distanced so, and to violate the order. So basically, uh, that's why we talked about that a couple weeks ago. And apparently, a lot of people thought the same way. And thank God, on April the 9th, uh, Governor Abbott did issue a temporary order to relax how wills and powers of attorney and medical powers of attorney, living wills, the uh, medical powers of attorney as well as the oaths if you're an executor or administrator. Uh, they gave some some documents. They gave the ability to, uh, it's only certain documents. It's not mm -hmm. only those, you know, three or four things mm -hmm. you could do, but it's 
still that's better. And particularly wills, powers of attorney, and medical powers of attorney. Um, on the O's, it's going to be a little bit more difficult because the uh, unless they relax the court system a lot, but right now, unless there's like emergency situations, like the courthouses are uh, pretty much you know shut down. I mean, things still keep going, obviously, but uh, a lot of the you know people who have trials or even uh, probating a will might uh, have those things get uh, temporarily suspended or canceled during the pandemic. So, what do we do now? Uh, here, what if you need to sign a will? How do you have to do? How can you do it? So mm-hmm. now things have changed. So the order that was signed that is only good during the pandemic, as long as mm-hmm. they consider it as a, a disaster, uh, that these things, these possibilities, can be relaxed. And that would be, first of all, you have to have um, a have virtual technology. In other mm-hmm. words, let's say the person who would be signing a will or a power of attorney or a medical power of attorney might have some sort of, let's say, laptop or uh, other video technology, as well as the notary. Mm-hmm. So you would have to verify, and you would have to verify that that person is, in fact, that person. So first of all, so not only do you have to have the technology that can be both audio and visual, uh, but then the next thing is that you have to be able to identify that person. The notary has to be able to notify that notar- uh, to be able to recognize that person, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, they have to have some verification that that person is that person. So, in other words, let's say that on the screen you show that this is your uh, driver's license, passport, uh, and you'll have to get, and the notary will have to get a copy of that to make sure it's going to have to be something with a photo. Maybe a, perhaps a Texas ID card might work, but in particular, they mentioned a driver's license and a passport mm-hmm. in a temporary order. So now the, the notary can see that. Um, it's interesting. It's, it's not going to be as much a problem for, let's say, a power of attorney and a medical power of attorney. The reason for that is you don't, under Texas law, you don't have to have witnesses. You can have witnesses but you're not required. You could either have it just notarized without having witnesses. So under Texas law on a power of attorney, that's a financial power of attorney. What is a financial power of attorney? I guess I should kind of clarify. Please. Uh, If a financial power of attorney is giving somebody else the ability to handle your financial matters, especially if you're disabled, that's what's what's called makes it durable. Durable means it's good even during disability. So uh, you get, let's say you have an IRA and you're, God forbid, you're in the hospital and you need somebody to take care of your financial affairs. That's where the power of attorney might come into play. Uh, you could have the power of attorney effective immediately or it could be, or it could spring upon your disability. It's only good during your lifetime. Mm-hmm. So if I, everybody should have, when my daughter turned 18, I have a daughter who's now 21. I have another one at 17. But when and when the younger one turns 18 as well, I have prepared, will prepare for her just like I did for the now the, 20, the now 21 year old a financial power of attorney, a will, a living will, a medical power of attorney. Some of the basic documents that I guess we could go over in just a minute sure. uh, that everybody should have uh, no matter what age. 
So uh, anyway, for a financial power of attorney, they, I guess the governor thought it was particularly important that people not be to discourage them from social distancing. You know, they want to encourage social distancing. So we say we want people to stay safe. So on these particularly very important documents, a will, a financial power of attorney, and a medical power of attorney, we're going to relax the rules during this pandemic. So uh, again, so the first step is that you have to have the equipment. You know, you can have to do things where you can see see people. It's not just talking on the phone like uh, we are here today. Uh, it's going to be where it's going to be digital. Uh, where we could see you. So, of course, now people would either Zoom. Of course, the Zoom I'm a little bit concerned about with the, um, the privacy issues that they've had. Uh, as many of you all may have heard, there's other technology that there's lots of other options besides Zoom. But whatever the technology, it has to be something that you could see them and they could see you and you could hear them and they, and you could, and they could hear you. Uh, after you, you go through, that, let's say it's just a power of attorney, well, after they got that, uh, that uh, identification and see them and clarify and make sure that they're that person, then the uh, person signing would send by electronic means, that means uh, by either fax or email that they've scanned the document, to the notary, and then the notary would then sign it and you know, scan it back or fax it back to the person who signed the document. There would be records, you know, keep a record of that. But this is a lot less strict than there is online notarizations of other documents. This is a lot less strict than what the rules were uh, or will be again after the pandemic subsides. Uh, that that we normally uh, there were special types of note you had to have be an online notary you had to sign up to be an online notary that's not the case here it could just be a notary like I am and I have others in my office that are notaries so you, here's just any notary you don't have to have a special you know online notarization uh, uh, certificate uh, so there will have to be records of course you know uh, even on any you know, when you sign like a will or a power of attorney, or power of attorney notaries often write down the driver's license number, et cetera, for identification purposes. This, of course, is more important probably for a will than it would be for some of the other documents. Uh, but And normally, but there is a problem with the will, and that is you still got the issue uh, that you have to have two witnesses. Two witnesses. Yep, I figured that out when you were talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we they did not address the the order did not address that. So that mm-hmm. means you still have to have the witness requirement. So you're still going to have to have two disinterested witnesses. What's a disinterested mm-hmm. witness? Somebody who doesn't stand to benefit. So mm-hmm. Just because. So if you said, "Oh, I'm going to have my spouse as my witness," and you're saying, "I'm going to give everything to my spouse." If you did that, they'd be cut out as a matter of law. So, uh, I mean, I guess there could, I guess other beneficiaries could agree to to get around that. But perhaps, but right now, you run the risk that so you just better not have. You need to have somebody socially distanced, uh, who are you know, let's say six feet away from you, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, to be a witness for the will only, not for a financial power of attorney, not for a medical power of attorney. Uh, 
just for the will. So will, there is, you know, uh, more strict requirements because it's an important document on how you dispose of your assets. And of course, as we talked about uh, on one of the other shows recently, that you know there's been a spike in interest in people doing estate planning because even for people younger, because now more than ever, when we see that our own mortality is uh, at risk, uh, there's been a, a spike in the amount of people interested in planning for their in case of either death or disability. Mm-hmm. So uh, so now the good news is that uh, uh, you can do these things uh, online. Now, if you wanted, by the way, uh, online notary before, if you were, uh, first of all, we didn't have video conferencing uh, uh, capability for wills in Texas. Many states do have that, Many, mm-hmm. or several states do. It's mm-hmm. probably changing now with the pandemic. There's probably other states besides us that are relaxing how you could do things. Mm-hmm. But, um, but even on, let's say, notarization online for, let's say, a power of attorney, prior, till April, prior to April 9th, you had to have special requirements for there had to be an online notary. They had to keep a secure electronic record of the documents being done. They had to keep a recording of any video and audio conference, that satisfactory evidence of the identity and notation, type of identification presented, et cetera. Uh, And then keep the record, uh, I think it was for five years, electronic record regarding the identification of the act. Uh, They had to have a, uh, they couldn't let others use it. Uh, They they wanted to have a backup record case there was unauthorized use. Uh, they had to keep the record under that online notary's exclusive control, not permit anyone else to use the online notary's electronic record to notify the uh, like law enforcement agencies or the Secretary of State if it had been stolen, and notify the sec- Secretary of State if there was a loss if you misplaced it. So there was all these different requirements uh, that were required for online notaries prior to the relaxing of this rules. Now, let's say you had done a will, uh, let's say you do a will with the uh, online notary. What would be the recommendation here? I I would say, well, do it, and I know it's valid, but you know what? I would probably have that person, after the pandemic subsides, come in and sign, again, the more traditional way to reduce risk that Hmm. there was an issue. So I think you first you do it, you know, you say, oh, gee, I need to get my hand, you know, house in order. Uh, some people might say, well, why don't I just do a handwritten will? Well, usually people screw up and they don't know the exact language to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, the order did not extend to uh, things like trust, but uh, there are other documents that people often do that this order does not go to. So now the good news about some documents that you don't have to have them acknowledged. So in other words, you might just have things uh, witnessed uh, and may not need a notary. And so perhaps that is why they've done that. So in other words, let's say you want to do a deed. Can you just do a deed online? No, I didn't say that. It was limited to those few different documents that I just mentioned uh, a second ago. That is the will, the power of attorney, the medical power of attorney, and then there's the oath of executors or, or administrators 
uh, or guardians that are also permitted to be online. It'll be interesting to see if there will be more court actions that will be done uh, virtually as a result. You know, you know, a few weeks ago you had said, let's say, okay, let's uh, each week we're having these shows because uh, everything's changing so rapidly. So mm-hmm. here we're talking about something that just happened on April 9th. Uh, you know, every, we talked the week before about the president's, uh, you know, coronavirus legislation or the, the government's uh, legislation, how it affected seniors. Uh, by the way, all these shows are on podcast, so you can listen to any of these shows if anybody was ever interested by listen, going to our website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. But in any event, we're, as you had thought, uh, we ought to be talking about these things uh, uh, often because the laws are changing so rapidly, everything's happening so fast, that it seems like every week there's something new. Yeah, it is incredible, and I'm, I'm glad you're on top of this like you always are, especially this new executive order from Governor Abbott, which I'm glad uh, will make things uh, a little bit more easy for people uh, as long as, like you said, they understand how the technology works and they're able to do things online. Um, and you're also making certain that um, you are continuing to conduct business as usual on your end, even though you have to continue to perpetuate the social distancing that um, the president has ordered. And you're going to still have your workshop like you do every month on April the 18th, which is a Saturday at 10 o'clock, but it's going to be a virtual or online workshop using technology that is really easy to use. A a third grader can do it. Um, And why don't you tell everybody what you've done there, Michael? Yeah, we we started uh, in March uh, with the first virtual workshop, and I think we'll probably improve each one. It's really, we try to make it really easy for anybody, like you said, we even uh, have a tutorial. Yeah, even although have to, although have to do is just click a button. But basically, we have somebody that goes over everything just to make sure that any kind of questions they may have on how to do things. Because a lot of times people don't know how have never done this before. This is all brand new. Right. I, I know. Uh, last week I did uh, my mother-in-law and father-in-law. Uh, we did FaceTime for the first time. They had never done FaceTime. And so uh, we showed them how to use that. Well, this is going to be simple, kind of like that. You're going to just, but you're just going to be clicking on a button, uh, and base. We're, we'll, in other words, we'll give you a link, and you just kind of click on the link, and that's just about all there is to it. And then you could have it where you could be seen or not be seen. Uh, you could hear, just, just see me. Or, and if you want to be seen, that's fine. And if you don't want to be seen, that's fine. But at least you get to see and hear anything that you would like at the comfort of your own home. Uh, and just just have to, all you have to do, and you just ask whatever questions that you might. These workshops, we say, what is it that you want to know? What do you want to know about estate planning? Is there something new because of the coronavirus legislation that affects you? Uh, you know, we had a lot of people asking last week, oh, am I going to get, before they made the announcement on Social Security, uh, being that they would look at if you just got Social Security, if you're not an adult dependent, whether you're going to get that $1,200 check. You know, so everything's happening so rapidly. But anyway, whatever questions you might have, uh, we'll say, what is it that you want to know? Is it something about your wills or trust or powers of attorney or medical powers that we've talked about here today? 
Is it something about Medicaid or long-term care costs? What's the, what, is there anything that's happening now with the pandemic with long-term care facilities? It could be any kind of, it's all sorts of different types of things. It's whatever you want. Is it, is it about veterans' benefits? Is it about, you know, what, whatever, whatever the questions might be, we have no idea. We may be getting questions probably that we'll never receive before just because everything's changing so rapidly. Um, but whatever it is, we ask you, what do you want to know? And then we just answer that over a couple hours to sign up for that free estate planning virtual workshop. All you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102 or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. And we'll answer whatever questions that you might have. Excellent. Um, one other question. We got about uh, five or six minutes left regarding uh, these changes that the governor um, just ordered. Um, do you know, Michael, um, it says that uh, they're going to allow for video conferencing for notaries public for the signing of wills and certain other trust and estate planning documents. Do you know what those are and are not? Yes, we know specifically it is only wills, financial powers of attorney, mm-hmm. medical powers of attorney, and oaths of executors, administrators, or guardians. That's it. That's That's it. They limited it to those. Now, whether they will extend that in the future, I do not know. Stay Mm. tuned. We'll see. But right now, it's only those documents. That's the only ones that they allowed to be done. I guess we think, uh, I'm having to surmise, I think those things are really basic that everybody should be having. So, uh, uh, you know, it could be that a lot of times it might be better for some people to do trust. But there's ways that we could get around even remember, we said sometimes documents can just be, they do not necessarily have to be acknowledged. Maybe they're just witnessed or whatever. So, so there's different ways around certain documents that, um, that could, don't necessarily have to be notarized. Um, other documents do need notarization. Of course, banks are essential businesses, and so for those who are willing to go out to the bank, uh, maybe you could even have things notarized through a window. Uh, let's say you had a deed and um, uh, you wanted to have it notarized uh, and you couldn't do that remotely. You can arrange it with the bank and go through that drive through <laughs> or whatever and say if they'll, see if they'll notarize it. I would probably call in advance and tell them what you want to do. But I think you could do things now. Uh, you could do things in, in a way where they, of course, the, the notary has to see you when you do things. You normally would, but there are ways around some certain documents to be able to get them to become quote-unquote official. Yeah. So that's the limitations right now. Um, you know, I didn't, if you, when we talked um, last week, we had no idea that this would occur. That's why I wrote that article uh, about, you know, that the governor should take a step. See, the first governor that took a step was in New York. Obviously, they have been the epicenter and they had an emergency order to relax things. And so we were hoping that um, other states would follow, including Texas, and I'm glad to support that the governor has taken that action. 
Yes, we are too. And, <laughs> and the dog agrees. Yeah, the the very excited about that. Yes. Yeah. They were clamoring for that. Uh, that was almost on cue. I'm going to have to give him a treat after this. But um, <laughs> all kidding aside, I, uh, also, I know that Florida and New York have already um, had this in place for uh, allowing for notarization via video conferencing. So that's good news that Texas really isn't the guinea pig here, and people shouldn't have to worry since those two states and about a dozen others are already doing it, apparently. Yeah, so, so you know, and actually Texas was the one that um, was actually the third state to allow online notarizations. That was done, uh, but it was, had the more strict requirements uh, not the video that uh-huh. we have. Uh, other mm-hmm. states have had the video. We did not have that. That was shot down in our legislature uh, last year, uh, much to everybody's chagrin now. Uh, but the the uh, we we did allow online notarizations, but with those stricter standards that we kind of mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, so uh, we do have online notarizations. It just hasn't. So you can do online notarization. So if you want to do that uh, deed or whatever, you still could do it online, but it has to go within the requirements of the rules. Might be Got easier. Uh, well, it depends on the person's situation. Online notarizations may become the new norm, at least for the time being. It'll probably be used more frequently now that people are getting used to technology, etc. You know, it's interesting. One last question. I know we got to wrap up in about two minutes, but um, you also mentioned that you're still going to need two uh, disinterested witnesses. Um, I always wondered whether I'm having somebody witness a document or I am signing as a witness. Does that witness have a right to read the entire document? Well, I mean, I don't think that that's they just they just have to swear. If of course this is only applicable to a will, right? You don't have to have a witness to a uh, a either power of attorney or a medical power of attorney, mm-hmm. although you could in lieu of having a notary. So right. In other words, you could, under Texas law, you could have either two witnesses or a notary for those particular documents. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I mean, what the requirements on a will is that the person sign it in your presence and the presence mm-hmm. of each other, that the person who signs it had sufficient mental capacity that they were over the age of 18 unless they were married or in a military service um, at the time, and they were younger than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they signed that in their pre- the, the testator or testatrix presence in the presence of each other, and they mm-hmm. basically swear to that. And now on that particular, what's called the self-proving affidavit, the, it is a permitted for the online, uh, you know, or I say online, the video conference type uh, notarization. Uh, is what's needed, but they don't have the right to necessarily read the will because they're not. That's all they have to do is be a witness that the guy signed the the person signed the will, whether it be a he or she, um, and that they pre- signed it in their presence and their had sufficient mental capacity and they're over, you know, over age uh, 18. There wasn't any. Hopefully that there would not be influence or duress and some of the other equitable arguments, but that's all that's really required. Excellent. Well, it makes perfect sense. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for Michael's next virtual, which means online workshop, which is Saturday, April the 18th at 10 o'clock, or dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102 to sign up. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen, thank you today, sir. Thank you, Don.
A leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770 KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 